So what I want to share with you today is about a history of working with different community health programs in Latin America, especially in Latin America, in the and, and more concrete experience in Bolivia. Bolivia is a country that is in very difficult financial conditions, socioeconomical conditions, and health conditions. There are very low coverage of health services in Bolivia. We work with, uh, with the rural communities. They are very isolated communities. There are no access. Many of those communities, they, there is no access by roads. We have to go to certain villages and get off and walk six or ten hours to arrive to the community that we are working. This is one of the it's a semi-desertic country. You have a long areas of very dry mountains and plains. But in some places, with community development programs, water is being channeled and used for producing food. That is the basic struggle of rural communities, how to get food for their families and children. I'm going to deal with a very difficult issue, so I will round a little bit and I will help my English with what is right in there, so you can help with my broken English. And I want to share it's a difficult issue because it's the subject of self-empowerment. The word of empowerment has been, unfortunately, misused many times with very different subjects and, and different connotations from the theological point of view, from the political point of view, from the social point of view. So we are using a lot of the concept of self-empowerment that has to do with the concept of the priesthood of the believers and that every human being has the free access to the throne of grace to, to discover the beauty of God's will for us and how we can begin to exercise control over our own history, of our own families and our communities. That way we talk self-empowerment, the process that the people themselves gain awareness of their dignity, their value, their self-esteem, and their incredible potentiality to assume responsibility for their own history. That will be the subject. And I will quickly invite you to remember God's mission through history, how God is drawing, looking, uh, to have a very clear uh, relationship of intimacy and reconciliation with all nations, with all people. God is longing. I don't know well the translation in English, but there are in the Old Testament beautiful concept that God is the eternal lover. He has been longing for us for thousands, hundreds of generations waiting till now that we arrived. And he wants to develop a deep intimacy with each, us, each one of us, but not only as individuals, but as families, as communities, as nations. So I want to quickly remember that God's love is for all. God is God's healing also is available for all people, all nations. God's reconciliation is for all people. And these beautiful passages of Jesus, how often would I have gathered my, my children together, even as hen gathered her chickens under her wings, and you would not. How, how resistant has been society to understand God's love and God's redemptive activity of reconciliation and intimacy between nations, cultures, and of course, we got to. So this, this mission program of God, agenda, has been continually obstructed by our resistance to believe God's redemptive activity. 
that's why the Bible says that war keeps changing and God continues acting in creation. It's beautiful that passage of John 5.17 who states that uh, my father worked even until now and I work. It's remembering us that the, the work of creation is continuing. And so it gives us a lot of hope that things are going to change. That the suffering and pain that our communities have are, are going to change. Because God is in charge of history and he's working. Jesus is working. And he entrusted that mission to us, male and females. John 14, 12, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believe on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than this shall he do, because I go unto the Father. So we count with incredible extra resources that is the presence of the Holy Spirit and the presence of Jesus at the side of the Father. John 20, Jesus said to them, Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. Each one of us has been called and send it. Mm, therefore, I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to people producing its fruits. God is longing for those people who are producing the fruits of the kingdom God was, has been talking about. And those who produce the, the fruits of the kingdom are those the ones who will be in symphony, in, in harmony with God's redemptive activity through history. In, those, in the efforts of fulfilling that call of God, of going to the world, bringing hell, salvation, restoration of all things, our understanding of hell and development in mission has rapidly evolved in the previous decades. Especially in the two or three decades, it's changing very rapidly. Completely new models and proposals and experience have been developed in, uh, in our countries. Holistic health has been understood in many different ways, most of the time focused on different aspects of the individual with little attention to the sociopolitical and cultural factors. We tended to be to visualize health as very individualistic phenomena of organs in the individual. And now there are many researches and also beautiful experience that health has to do with the family health, community health, social health, economical health. We talk about the health of the economical system, the health of the political systems. Uh, healthy schools, healthy organizations, and so the concept of health now quickly get off from the individuals, going to many other dimensions in society. Individual health, status, and lifestyles are clearly determined by multiple factors and historical contexts in which individuals are immersed. So every culture, every situation will define and understand health in different ways. And we have to be open to those different perception. The development of health activities or health intervention in a community does not necessarily mean the community will be more healthy. There are many researches how many health activities like provision of services instead of helping the community have bringing serious troubles to those communities, creating beggars in the communities, very passive recipients of services, no assuming responsibility for their own health. Women, for example, have been convinced that they are inadequate or unable to protect their offspring, their own children, that they have to bring the children to the clinic because it's in the clinic that we are going to keep healthy the children, we are going to weigh them, we are going to give pills, immunizations, and, and women many places have become very passive and scared, scary, uh, fearful of taking care of their own children because the health system has taken from their hands the, 
the, the possibility that they fight for their own children, for their own health. They say happy with, for example, nutritional programs, providing nutrition to the to these families who have malnourished children, and these programs of food aid is making that that family stop producing more food or struggling to find ways of producing food because it's easier to make lines and to wait for the package of food that is provided by the clinic or the nutritional program. Fragmented understanding of health may lead to inappropriate actions and services that could make things worse. So we have to rethink how what are the results of the activity that we are doing? And there are very good learning experience in the previous uh, three years. Uh, you don't have to, to read. You cannot read. Unfortunately, people tend to respond and focus on acute and urgent situations, leaving aside important things. Health has been focused so much in the urgent things, in the acute things. And we try to focus in the problems. When we talk about health, we talk about health problems, and we try to identify health problems. The same happens with development. When somebody is talking about development, I want to make a diagnosis in impoverished communities, the first thing is, what are your problems? Let us make a list of the problems. So we are so focused on negative things and the things that we lack that we are losing one of the most powerful things of humanity, that is our strengths, our beauty, our capabilities, our dreams, our potentialities. In medicine and health science, we focus on how to make diagnosis of illness and how to understand pathologies to treat them. Even preventive medicine is focused on specific diseases prevention. Painfully, many times, Christian education is also focused on sin and don'ts. Don't do this, don't do that, this is wrong, this is right. And we are missing the beauty of the kingdom, the beauty of the relationship with the intimacy we have with each other, all the potentiality that God's image and likeness have, and our children, our youth sometimes are bombarded by fears of committing sins or, or don't doing things, instead of encouraging them to enter to the beautiful community that God is inviting us to be part of. The tendency of focusing on the identification of problems has led to, domi to the dominant paradigm of health science in what is called the pathogenic biomedical hospital-based paradigm. That was the in the 20th century, the development of these paradigms that is called pathogenic because it's based in pathologies, in illness, and biomedical because physicians play a key role in the operation of this model, and hospital-based because it requires a very important uh, buildings, infrastructure with technology, paramedical support, and other things. So instead of seeing the beauty of the health of the rose, we focus in the thorn. And we maximize the thorn, and we became very specialized in understanding the damage that pathology is producing the body, what is happening in the tissues, how to overcome that, how to treat that. And we, we can talk hours and hours in our schools of medicines or universities or hospitals about pathologies, but about health, very little. We minimize the importance and beauty of health. And it's one of the favorite words of Jesus. Soso or soteria in Greek is the word that is translated as health. And what is one of the most beautiful, it's also translated as salvation. But it was the one of the most beautiful words of Jesus' health, and we have reduced that focusing on diseases. So I quickly want to pass for these three paradigms 
for three, uh, through three paradigms. The first one, as I mentioned, the pathogenic biomedical hospital-based paradigm that dominated uh, the first two-thirds of the 20th century the, to the 70s. Till the 70s, that was the only do, uh, paradigm that was known in the Western world. Then came, um, after Almaata, a big meeting of many countries in, in Russia, um, came a new paradigm, was launched, what is called the pathogenic sanitary community-based paradigm. They shifted from the hospital, and they said, we have to go to the community. Where people live and work, we have to work there. And they also, uh, they say it has to be community-based, no, has, has to be uh, no, no, no physician, no biomedical, but has to be more communitarian understanding of health, and can help workers, nurses, nurse auxiliaries, and open the understanding of health. But that paradigm also faced very serious difficulties. We were dreaming that we are going to have health for all for the year 2000, and the year 2000 arrived, and the paradigm failed. And many resources have been done. Why fail that paradigm? And one of the reasons is because it's very focused on pathologies. Pathologies are symptoms, are manifestations of very serious problems that society has. If we don't remove, if we don't disassemble these problems, pathology will keep coming and coming. The machinery will be producing malnourishment, diseases, infections. So came the third paradigm that is working in society today that is called hygienic ecological systemic paradigm. This is a paradigm that is insist that we shouldn't focus on diseases. We have to focus on health. Health itself has to be ecological because we are highly interdependent to our, our environments, in the cities, in the rural areas, in the roads, in the job places that we are. All these things are determining many elements that are going to decide if I will be a healthy person or not, if my family will be healthy or not. And the other concept is systemic paradigm, that we cannot operate working with individuals, our behaviors, risk, health-risking behaviors and, and health-seeking behaviors are determined to the system that we belong to, to the family, to the workplace that we belong, to the church, to the community. Many of our behaviors, our way of acting, are a result of our belongingness to different types of systems. So we have to work with systems and not just with individuals. This is the Western tendency to view health from the disease perspective. Is basically the origin of illness. We are so worried for illness, we suffer so much with the illness that we focus a lot on that and we don't pay much attention in health. I will not read this, I will pass quickly. Uh, Hospital-based pathogenic biomedical model uh, pursued to diagnose and to treat diseases requires high technology and, and high equipment. Hospital, by keeping all patients together, can make more efficient utilization of human resources, doctors, specialists, nurses, physical therapists, laboratory technicians, etc. So that, that was very attractive to this biomedical model. And we built the big hospitals, sanctuaries of diseases, uh, to keep the patients there. The model is called pathogenic because it bases the origin of illness. Uh, all of understanding, our preparation, our education is based around diseases. And it's called biomedical because the human body is like a special biological machine, and we need engineers, biological engineers, that is the physician. We have very good engineers that can understand the biological phenomena and damages. They will be able to fix that. So physician becomes crucial in this model. 
However, the researches show in the in the half of the in the 60s of the previous century, the high input cost of healthcare delivery that was very expensive. Hospitals tend to be located primarily in urban areas, so large sectors of the population didn't have access. Physicians may not recognize or diagnose correctly diseases whose symptoms are related to cultural concepts, beliefs, and, ter and terminology. There are many cultural and worldviews that makes to understand the diseases in a very different way than the Western traditional academic way of understanding diseases. And there was a huge gap between the physician's worldview and the patient who come with the child with the disease. Reproduce paternalistic model of solving problems. We are providers of health. We provide health, and people have to come here to ask for the health, and we provide the health. And that is creating very irresponsible attitudes of society to take care for their own health because they are waiting that the provision of health, the deliverers of health, they have to fix me. They have to fix my body or my child. Uh, it reduces the understanding of health and disease process to exclusively biological phenomena. But biological phenomena is just manifestation of many other phenomena going around. Uh, social, economical, employment, uh, violence, domestic violence, and many other things are determining things of the health of that family, of that children, of that community, that are not really biological phenomena. Well, mm, uh, one of the systematization of the work of MAP is this concept of 10, 10 40, 50. One component of a total health uh, in a comprehensive approach recognize that it's important, this model of hospital service. We need a referral place. We need certain diseases that have to be treated there. But we have to see that this is very small part of the picture. So we call the tent. There are other parts of the picture that have to be in our health programs or, or mission work in our countries. In 1978 came a big shift. That is I already mentioned that. For, this, for the first time in history, countries from all over the world got together. Now it's easier that they get together, but those times was very difficult, especially with the East, with the Cold War, was very difficult. They got, decided to, got, to get together, and, and they expressed the political willingness to leave behind the hospital biomedical model and develop a new paradigm of health care delivery. The Almalta Declaration of Health defined primary health care that became the central strategy. Essential healthcare based on practical, scientifically sound, and socially acceptable methods and technology made universal accessible to individuals and families in the community to their full <coughs> participation and uh, a cost that the community and country can afford to maintain at every stage of their development in the spirit of self-reliance and self-determination. That was 1978 was very important principle stated there about self-determination, self-reliance. They talk about new economical order that will allow everybody to have jobs, employment, nutrition, that no, we will not really, almost we will not need welfare systems. That was beautiful dreams that unfortunately they begin to postpone the dreams and they, they say let's first focus on diseases. And they launched what is called primary health care. Uh, let us to, uh, to put aside the public health dreams and work with the specific diseases, the those who are more killing children in our countries, so they focus on diarrheas, in pneumonias, respiratory uh, diseases, um, they work with immunization and later introduce uh, 
the healthcare for pregnant women and delivery. So we are quickly to review this community-based biosanitary pathogenic model. It's biological rather than biomedical because introduce new concepts like vectors, transmission of diseases, mosquitoes, bichucas for Chagas diseases, dogs producing rabies and other subjects. It emphasizes no much of curing diseases but preventing them. Uh, prevention became very important after 1978. Health can be achieved so far as the community learns to make certain measures to prevent disease and if disease occurs, how to cure it. So communities has to be capable to diagnose and to treat diseases. This is another of the statements. Economic and social development based on the new international social and economic order is of fundamental importance in obtaining the highest level of health for all. The community-based biological pathogenic model considers health as a right of the entire population and requires the, the active participation of the entire society in identifying and solving the health problems. Likewise, it requires access to health services for the entire population in the same place where people live and work. Before, it was only the hospital in the, large, in the biggest cities of the countries. Now, quickly, start clinics all over the places and nurses and nurse auxiliaries providing services, making the diagnosis, educational activities. The nurses achieved the role before it was only in the hospital, cleaning beds and fixing, providing medicines. Uh, nurses became very important, engaging with the communities, organizing, making the diagnosis uh, in the community diagnosis, engaging with the community for educational activities. However, this, this, these paradigms face serious limitations too. Limited allocated resources led to selective activities for certain diseases undermining holistic approach. They begin to focus only in isolated diseases, and all the dreams of public health were postponed and now have been almost buried because people keep talking only about selective intervention, even though there are many research how inefficient they are because if you don't change the rest of the machinery that is maintaining people in poverty with bad sanitations, malnourished, and you, you, you do only isolated linear interventions, very changes in the health status of the community can arrive. Focus on biomedical intervention, which would lower mortality and morbidity. Ignores other elements such as access to adequate food supplies, access to education that would allow individuals, families, and communities to take charge of their own lives, access to fair paid work so that people can provide for their basic necessities with dignity, adequate sanitation and drinking water, access to good quality housing, etc. Ignores aspects related to modification of social, political, and economical structures that do not promote and defend the life for the entire population, construction of a system that would allow truly participatory economy and democracy. So the, all these things have been, put, has been put aside. So uh, many of our countries still maintain very inefficient system, health systems sometimes corrupted too, that money go to the wrong places because uh, communities remain in very passive role. They, is, they are waiting that somebody to deliver health for them. So this second paradigm is part of the approach, of the total health approach. Besides curative prevention, we need preventive care. We need to programs in the communities. We need to provide services where people live and work. That's very important, but it's not the whole picture. So we move <coughs> the crisis of this second paradigm enter to, to analyze that it has not been enough the efforts. That we are in an ill society that has been unable to defend health 
for everybody. And society and physicians and nurses, the health sector is like this boat, trying to catch all kind of fishes, all kind of diseases in our communities. You can see that there are the, the nets are broken, there are not enough resources. Health services are as a small fishermen group who have been commanded to gather the fishes of a lake, but only a small boat and a rip net have been given to them. The majority of the fish will be out of the net, and a large number of the ones being caught will escape by the holes, even though the fishermen work as hard as possible all day and all night. It doesn't matter how hard they work in the hospital, in the clinics, the health promoters, the nurses, fish diseases will keep coming and coming. The biomedical understanding and management of health is like the net. It only will provide very limited relief from diseases. It is necessary that the whole society with the different political and economical sectors assume responsibility for the defense of health. It is necessary to have a comprehensive vision of health where besides the traditional knowledge of factors related to human biology <coughs> and health services, other factors are taken on account such as sociopolitical, economic and cultural factors as well as the personal, family and collective behaviors. Curative preventive approach are not enough. We need more comprehensive approaches that respond to the complexity of the whole human being and the complexity of society. We need an approach that includes not only the biological individual elements, but also multiple environmental, social, cultural, political, and spiritual dimensions. We need an approach that is focused on life and health in itself and not just in diseases. A new approach that the Bible has been talking for hundreds and hundreds of years, the concept of shalom in the Old Testament, that interestingly from shalom came the word soteria, that is the word of salvation, that Jesus used one of his favorite words. Uh, the shalom implies a, a, a clear system that allows people to live in harmony with God, with each other, with ourselves, with nature. So the concept that was taught in the scriptures for hundreds of years, now it became very important, this new concept again, that the wholeness, the comprehensiveness of God's creation, the comprehensiveness of the human beings and communities. Corinthians 1.16 shows us how God is in control of everything. He created everything. For in Him were all things created in the heavens and upon the earth, things visible and things invisible, whatever thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things have been created through Him and unto Him, and He is before all things, and in Him all things consist. It's incredible, this beautiful passage that remembers us that God is in control of everything. And everything has been created by Jesus and has been created for Jesus. And Jesus is in control now. And, and everything is related because we come. All of our carbon molecules that we, our body have, carbon, and came from just the same carbon that God created. And not only as human beings, but many other beings, other uh, species of, uh, of living things and also non-living things. We all have with that carbon and oxygen. And, um, this, <laughs> the, the third paradigm that is called systemic, ecological, hygienic, uh, that will help us to see that we as person, we are a whole system inside of us, but we belong to systems. The system, especially the system of the family, and we belong to the systems of the communities, and we belong to the system of the cultural system, political system, economic systems, to society and nations. 
and international community. We all are interrelated. We all come from the same God. And we all are inside of the biosphere, the place, the home that God put us to live there. And we are very well interrelated, and we have to learn to see things in a systemic approach. Also, going inside, if we go to the smaller, that's to the macro, but going inside, inside of the individual, we can remember that beautiful passage of 139, Sun. For you for me, my inward parts, you knit me together in my mother womb. I pray you for I am fearfully and wonderful made. Wonderful are your words, my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, in, intricately woven in depths. And we can see the same person that we saw before, but we can go inside. That we have different systems, respiratory system, nervous system, cardiovascular system. Each one of the organs is a different system, and every organ has different type of tissues, and each one of these tissues are different systems. And then we go to the cells, and every cell is a different system, very complex, beautiful systems. And we go inside of the cells, and then we have organelles, molecules, and now atoms and quarks, and every day they are discovering more and more microparticles that we never have idea that before that they existed. So God created everything by true systems. And we have to learn to think in a, with, from a systemic perspective and to see that we are immersed in many kind of systems like intrapersonal, interpersonal group, intragrupal, organizational, interorganizational community systems, political, legislative, juridical systems. And we are talking about shalom. We have to understand that the shalom is constructed that God's grace available to work from that perspective of the systemic approach. Very rapidly, we can see that a social group or family groups that are in, in a community, they are inserted in a sociopolitical, economic, cultural environment. And there are a bunch of inputs that come to these families and these communities and generate several processes. And these processes are going to produce several results. For example, in input, we have housing, food accessibility, health services, values, faith, education, personal options, job, job conditions, and accessibility to those job conditions, juridic, <coughs> juridical and legal instruments. All these things are inputs who come to the families and the communities, and they generate different type of processes and lifestyles in that community, interaction with the environment and with each other, and therefore that will bring some results. Some ill people and some healthy people. And the system model always will have the feedback who, depending if they are ill or healthy, all the other things that we have in this column will be changed, will be modified, more accessible or less accessible. So the three components, the 1040 that we saw before, is complemented now with the 50 comprehensive approach that is building healthy environments, healthy behaviors, and healthy policies. It's crucial the concept of building healthy environments because we are highly related to the ecological model, hygienic, systemic, ecological model, implies that we have to be very careful in which environment we are living, what type of environment we are constructing. Even at the global level, you see global warming now is seriously bringing fearful to, fear to all many countries. Our country is suffering a lot. We are losing very rapidly all the snow the mountains, the glacier that we have in the Andes, and that were the provision of water. So many communities depended on that water. Now there is no water. We are in very serious situation in Bolivia, and also Peru is going to face very serious problems. 
We are in a healthy society that has been able to create a world where people may grow and live healthy. Are we taking care of the rules of society? We, we can remember Matthew 12, 13. Make a tree good, and its fruit will be good. Or make the tree bad, and its fruit will be bad. For a tree recognizes but its fruits. How is the health of our children, the health of our families, our emotional, personal health? How is that? Because we, that's the fruit. Health is a manifestation of many other things going on in the families, in the communities. <coughs> Are we have a lot of health ill people? Or we have very healthy, robust people. The, what is, how is the fruit of our society? By the fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from, from thistles? thistles? And the other beautiful bird to not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. What kind of society we are constructing? So we cannot solve the problems of children, of women, and mortality rates and morbidity rate, we cannot reduce that if we don't learn to see in a holistic approach sorry, a comprehensive approach about uh, what health and especially which are the health determinants because the health genic model shifted from pathologies to what we call the health determinants which are the health determinants what is what makes people healthy families healthy, communities healthy, nations healthy a systemic ecological hygienic paradigm view health far more than just biological organic processes. Health is a gift from God and the right responsibility of each person before society, which is manifested in dynamic process of self-empowered families and communities gaining control over the health determinants, constructing a just and meaningful society which all may experience well-being and meaningful relationship with others, with God, and with the interrelated physical, mental, biological, social, and political surroundings in which they exist. Self-empowered communities foster healthy environments, healthy behaviors, and healthy policies to allow that, that just and meaningful societies in a sustainable way without evidence of progressive conflicts or diseases or without the presence of high risk of becoming socially or personally ill in the lives if their lifestyles are maintained. Comprehensive health is a social process which enables individuals and society to gain control over health determinants and adapt dynamically to their environment. Engaging in the transformation of all those factors which prevent the entire society from living in harmony and justice with each other, with God, and with the various physical, biological, and psychological ecosystems. Without experiencing progressive conflict or disease, and without the presence of high risks or damaging their state of health, if these lifestyles and these ecological conditions are maintained. If the capacity of the full actualization as individual families and integrated communities, according to the will of God, in the various biopsychosocial aspects, in self-sustaining manner, without jeopardizing the condition which would allow successive generations to experience this fullness. So clinics, hospitals, health service programs became an incredible, powerful platform to engage the communities. They can choose to engage the communities in order to see how to, they can see the health situation from a holistic approach and how they can begin a path of gaining control over their own health determinants in order that they can enjoy the well-being. Well <coughs> so the, the drawing that we saw before, the 104050, 
was not finished. Because besides the 10% for curative intervention, the 40% for, for preventive care, and the 50% for healthy environments and healthy behaviors and healthy policies requires probably 1,000% extra. That is called the concept of sustainable communities when families and communities engage in self-empowerment processes to gain control over the health determinants. Which, since very young age, children and families begin to understand that the beauty, the beauty of life, the beauty of living in harmony with themselves, with the, in the family, with the environment, the importance of having good nutrition, good food, good production of systems of production of food, uh, safeness in the public places, safeness at home. So the process of self-empowerment of these children, of these families, these women, these local organizations, these youth the organizations, is what is going to bring deep transformation in the local governments and the, is bringing deep changes in their environments too. Health is a journey manifested in a demanding process of self-empowerment, families and communities gaining control over an integrated web of health determinants that enable them the construction of meaningful and sustainable families and society. What has health determined? The range of personal, social, economic, and environmental factors which determine the health status of individuals or population. The factors which influence health are multiple and interactive. This is World Health definition of these health determinants. Health promotion is fundamentally concerned with action and advocacy to address the full range of potentially modifiable determinants of health. Not only those which are related to the actions of individuals, such as health behaviors and lifestyle, but also factors such as income and social status, education, employment, and working condition, access to appropriate health services, and the physical environment. This is 1998. It's 10 years. The concept of self-empowerment clearly decided by World Health Organization that that's the way that we have to move. Self-empowerment in order if we want to have to stop that dysfunctional model of delivering health, because health cannot be delivered. Health is a social process that we construct, we assume responsibility, we engage with each other, we engage with the government, local government, the national government, we engage with the private sector, we engage with the neighborhoods, we, we engage with nature, with the surroundings, and we construct our health. Which are the roots? or health determinants that allow lasting, healthy societies? Are we going to keep focusing just intervening in diseases? Or are we going to go to the roots? Are we going to work for the shalom that God was announcing from thousands of years ago? Which are the determinants that enable people to construct healthy families, communities, and societies in a sustainable way? Society is a social construct the fruits of human interaction. Only well-equipped citizens can build healthy societies. Cities are fruits of three main groups of determinants. There are different ways of, of classifying the health determinants. One of the most useful ways, especially for practical operational activities, is three types of health determinants. Personal health determinants, socio-communitarian health determinants, and a third group that belongs to these two, but is the ability of the people to face adversity to cope with adversity, and to restore her when health is damaged. We need to understand these determinants in order to target our efforts to care for the basic root of society, of society, the citizens themselves. So when we focus on health determinants, many resources 
that has been throwing down the pipe, I don't know how to say, wasting many resources, trying to solve diseases, diseases. If we put, uh, focus those resources and health determinants, many risk factors that lead to diseases in, naturally will disappear. Transformations toward healthy society require comprehensive actions. Healthy families and community. We're going to see these three groups of health determinants. The, primer, the, first, group, the first group of health determinants is called personal determinants. It <coughs> has to do with con the concept of nourishment, proper nourishment, development, and protective conducts on three dimensions. Nourishment in the genetic and biological aspects like good nutrition, omega-3, good nutrition for the brains, amino acids, in the nine months in the womb of the mother, the first two years, they are very crucial. Psychoaffective nutrition, nourishment is very important. The primary bounding, the relationship with this in the womb, the relationship with the mother and the <coughs> father with that baby that is still in the womb is so crucial. There are more and more resources, how deeply we were, were shaped and formed by the experience that we had in those nine months uh, that the brain was being formed. So it's crucial, this psychological affective nourishment. Any traumatic experience, any adverse experience in children in the first years of life deeply will affect for the rest of the life in the, not only the psychology, but also the organic functioning. Many of the tending causes of the United States, for example, there are CDC researchers, is called adverse child experience study, done in CDC, has shown that the 10 leading causes of death in the United States were decided decades before when they were children by child adverse experience. Those adults who didn't have child adverse experience, they don't use medicine, they don't go to the emergency room, they don't use the, the Kaiser Foundation, because it was Kaiser, Kaiser Foundation who did that research. But those who have experience adverse, adverse child experience, they continue using medicine and and resources. And the third one is cognitive. It's so important the first years, instead of learning mechanical things like numbers or words or letters, to learn to think, to learn to learn, to learn to dream, to learn to communicate the dreams, to learn to negotiate the relationship with the others. It's so important for the brain the first years of the children for that. All these personal determinants will define the first years, especially the first years, our identity, a way we relate, a learn, we learn, the way we learn and produce. And then come the socio-communitarian health determinants. It's social integration and interdependency, freedom from, from discrimination and, and violence. There's many resources showing societies, communities who discriminate has very serious repercussions in the health of the children and the, the adults too. So we need to, to facilitate integration of societies, especially in gender aspects. If we continue maintaining societies, organizations, and families with dominant submission relationship discriminating women, the impact on health of the whole community is very serious. They say happy with political participation. It's so crucial. God created us to be subjects of rights and subjects of responsibilities, and we have to learn to engage in political participation since the times of our family. There are round tables in the family. It has to be real round tables of discussing parents, children, negotiating how, they can, how we can live better, how we can produce less suffering to others, negotiating decisions, rules of living together. Economic participation, production and its benefits, the right to be well prepared, access to education, access to jobs. 
And the fourth one is the healthy environments. This is the four groups of communitarian health determinants. If one of these personal sociocommunitarian health determinants are not working properly, will have a very serious impact in the health status of the family and the family. The third group belongs to the two ones previous, capacity to cope with adversity and restore health damage when, for any reason, a health damage comes. The ability to cope, the ability to understand adversity, to understand that we are fragile, that we are not God, that we are in a fragile world, and that we all are going to face adversity. We, our lives suddenly will turn the corner that will completely change our situation. We need to learn that from very young age. We cannot keep isolating the children from suffering, trying to avoid at all costs that they cannot suffer. We have to learn that part of being human is suffering too, and we have to reassign meanings to suffering in order that don't allow that suffering to take control of our lives, and how to overcome that suffering, and how to uh, and how to support each other, to be solid in solidarity, in love, reciprocity with each other during this suffering. So it's very important, individual families or nations, that they can now overcome adversity, like a disaster, natural disaster. If the community has not been trained to the natural disaster adversity, they will devastate it because they always are waiting at the government to solve their problems. They are providing the health delivery, health delivery there. And usually government and international organizations arrive two or three weeks after the disaster. And the disaster, the most critical period of the first 48 hours. In the first 48 hours, you decide a lot of people who will die. You grieve for those who are dead. You can lose contaminated water, um, lose very critical uh, water and um, food supplies if you don't know how to act in that adversity. And only local people can do that. They cannot wait for somebody else to come to train them how to deal with mourning, uh, grieving um, uh, for the dead people, or how to find wounded people, how to treat them, how to protect them. All this has to do with education and also the concept of social justice and equity and the concept of human rights. Human rights is opening the doors for transformation in, in our countries. And that will provide people who are an organization that will be able to maintain these health determinants. And the most important thing, remember, the first years of life are the most crucial one for the health determinants. The traditional goal of health for all needs a new approach of all for health in which the priesthood of the believers can be embodied, constructing healthy environments, healthy behaviors, and healthy policies that allow nurturing and sustainable conditions for the coming generations. Self-empowerment allows self-agency and co-agency processes of local communities assuming responsibility for their own health, well-being, and their own history. So it's so crucial to see, so beautiful to see very isolated community that has been so underserved in so many ways and now they are engaging, working, writing their own history, creating their own programs, doing their immunizations, improving the food production, family gardening, uh, solving conflicts without non-violent ways. When impoverished communities discover we are the people we have been waiting for, new children, new families, new local organizations, and new communities will rise. When they discover we had not keep waiting for somebody to come to deliver services or development activities. We have been the people that we have been waiting for. Let us to stand, let us to pick up our palate. Jesus wants to walk with us and he wants the Holy Spirit uh, allow us to self-empower ourselves, to walk as God wants us to walk. Could we dream of a solid, healthy and peaceful society nurtured by strong, healthy roots? 
It's possible that, remember that beautiful passages, these are the visions I saw while laying in my bed. I looked and there before me stood a tree in the middle of the land. Its height was enormous, the tree grew large and strong, and its top touched the sky. It was visible to the ends of the air. Its leaves were its leaves were beautiful, its fruit abundant, and on it was food for all. Under it the bees of the field found shelter and the bees of the lived in these branches, from it every creator was fed. So this Daniel for ten is used for several of these communities that they can see the tree has community developing, producing good food, good, safe place, safe environments, with less violence. But remember, which are the roots that we need? We need crucial roots. We need to work with the health determinants in order to achieve that. How can we respond to our call? This is the last thing that we quickly will read to you. How can we, if we have to go to the nation, but they are the ones who have to write their own history. If they, they have to stand up and pick up their palette, what is my role? God is telling me to go there, to go to these isolated communities, to another countries. How should I go there? To solve their problems, to deliver something, to deliver doctrines, to deliver services? Or what is my role that God is inviting me to do? Well, this is five crucial points that we share in, in, in other workshops. We don't have time, but that's only to mention. First, get committed to the wholeness of God's salvation work. God's salvation work is whole, the whole person, the whole person in community, and for the whole creation. God is longing for the restoration of all things. There are beautiful passages to show that. Second, transformational processes should be based in the community worldview rather than outsiders' worldview. Acknowledging the centrality of the person and community in the conceptualization of reality and the construction of their own process of development. It is crucial, not only for the whole world, but also for sharing the beautiful values of the kingdom, we have to understand that the meaning of those values, the meaning of the Bible verses, is assigned by the people worldview. We cannot transfer our assigning of meaning of the Bible verses. We can create nurturing, special environment in which people can stand up and have access to the throne of grace, come with the Holy Spirit, and they have to assign meanings to the Bibles, to the um, passages of Jesus, and, and, and it's in the worldview that they have to assign that meaning in order that that transform the worldview. We cannot change the worldviews of other people. People themselves will make the decision if they want to change that. And what we need to do is to facilitate them that process in the, they can make those decisions. The same happens with health. Health cannot be delivered to other impoverished communities or countries. They have to stand up and pick up their own palate. But we can facilitate spaces and mechanisms that, that may happen. The third concept is acknowledging the priesthood of those excluded and, margin, and marginalized. It's related with the previous, but this is very important. The priesthood, especially those children and those women, we have to be to, to change a way of understanding them. Uh, no has, has victims, people impoverished there, that we need to go to help, to rescue, to save them. Because... God already has poor God's image and likeness in them, and God wants to show God's glory in them. Just stand, facilitate them to stand up and pick up their palate and get healed and walk. Development is fundamentally about people, human processes, self-empowerment, and not about projects or material things. Consequently, change of things will come in a sustainable way. People transform it, they will transform their communities. 
Transformation of the world requires a constant self-directed transformation of the way local democratic organizations think and act. The system self-agency learning and transformational spiral. When systems, when we work with systems, not just with individuals isolated, but we facilitate family system, community system, youth, children, the local school, and we engage with process with those systems that they allow them to start, start a path of reflecting about themselves, their history, what God is telling them through the scripture. It's fascinating to see how the Holy Spirit moves there and there's profound changes in those way of thinking of those people. Development and human transformation should be rooted on a culture for human rights, respect, and full exercise of those rights. I was mentioning you that human rights perspective is extremely valuable for, for our work in our countries because human rights perspectives, from the theological point of view, help us to understand that we all were created by God, that all male, females, both have God image and likenesses. Therefore, there are nobody can be on top of the other people, or controlling or deciding for other people, that we all have free access to the throne of grace, that the priesthood of the believer can be exercised for everybody. So human rights is stating that all human beings are equal. There are no two types of human beings, those who have certain privileges and certain rights, and those who do not deserve some rights. All cultures or nations, all gender and ages have are human beings, and they are subjects of rights. So it's very useful in our countries to work because we have to engage with the whole community, not only with the local church. We have to engage with the whole community to build healthy environments and healthy behaviors and healthy policies. The only way of being sensible, respectful, and encouraging of these local processes is following Jesus' incarnational model. Uh, uh, the, these are big challenges. But the model of incarnational um, uh, example of Jesus, the, the one who was God, make a choice to come down, but not come down as the Satan was proposing, jump from the tower of the temple, but came down now, he was born for the a female, a, a women, a young woman, probably was a, a single a adolescent woman that still was not clear if he was married or not. Jesus started. Enter the history in that way. When poorest families, they had to travel like migrants uh, during that pregnancy. Have, there are no room in the hotels. So Jesus incarnate in those people who are suffering and struggling and invite us to do similar things, that we can go and, and to incarnate in the realities of other people. When we incarnate the realities of other people, we can begin to understand the systems, family systems, government, local government systems, community systems, and how we can engage to facilitate them to begin to reflect about who they are, how, what, from them, from where they come, where they are going, what, what is God for them, what's life for them, and how they can begin to reflect about their own health, not only physical, but emotional, spiritual, family, and community health. Thank you. I will, as if there are some questions, I will have to say, um, I will try to answer. Yes, please. Jose, how, how do you propose to empower individuals in the midst of, of um, so much suppression, poverty, and evil in the world? Yes, thank you. It's a crucial question and it requires a very complex answer. But the first thing I will say, nobody can empower anybody. We have to understand that. It's, it's, uh, still, it's, uh, the old 
deliberate decision. I will empower her. If I empower, let us empower the women. If we empower the women, they have to be thankful with me. Maybe I can disempower later them, or I disempower the children. So we, we have to recognize that we can empower. Already God gave us power to all human beings, God's image and likeness. And we have an incredible potential. And we have to become very humble to respect that every woman and every child has an incredible potential of God's image and likeness, plus the presence of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. So we have, to be, we have to approach in a very, very different way. So how can I facilitate nurturing proper environments in these systems in order that people discover that beauty, that they are the ones who have to self-empower themselves? So we, what we try to do is to facilitate community processes, family processes, children processes. Children are incredible because they still have not so broken like the adults. Broken adults' dignity and self-esteem have been so broken by society, by the neighborhood, by the same family, by their own personal behaviors. So children have an incredible potential to allow that power that God already put on them to flourish. So we work a lot with children and youth in order that they discover the dignity that they have and the self-reliance and the control over their own life, the right to think, the right to dream, the right to organ get organized, and to begin to make changes in their own lives, in their own families. So, uh, to that complex question, it's short answer. Yes, sir. Um, how, with, with this um, study, that you, the long-term study of, you know, how communities changed and such, I mean, how long did it take, did you find, before you saw communities change? Yes. Response to missions yes. or um, people like us coming in and, and trying to, and then on the flip side, then how how do we reverse that process, or how long, you know, sh should we expect it to take to get them back on a healthy track yes. um, where they are self-sustaining and self-empowered? Yes, uh, I th I think at that same that question we have to ask first to Jesus. How we have to break patterns? Those things are not healthy in our own personal lives. Or we have to break patterns. And we have only God is working in creation. And we have to recreate things. So every country is very unique, every organization. But those who are in the field of health, we have an incredible opportunity to engage with women, with children, with families, with males too, with workers, with, with companies who are providing work to people. We have an incredible opportunity to talk about healthy, the importance of healthy environments, the importance of healthy behaviors, that behaviors and environment determines our health status, and the importance of healthy policies that start in the same family. It's the negotiation, the rules of the family, and the local government, and the local organization, and ensure healthy policies in order to make sustainable those changes. Um, so everybody will have to... to, to Engage with other people to reflect on that. How we can do that? How long the change is possible? I, I have seen very rapid changes in some families, in some communities, and others very slow, though we still are waiting the, the changes. But, of course, we'll take, I will say, 5, 10, 15 years to begin to see real fruit of that changes, of these self-empowerment processes, especially when you see the coming generation growing up with this concept of dignity and, and self-empowerment, and they, they want to be in charge. They want to take care of their community. They want to participate in the local governments. We have youth, uh, for example, some of the community youth children that we work with, now they are 22 years old, 23 years old, and now they have become key person in the local government. Never before young people be there. But now they are in charge like the president of the committee. He's uh, 23 years old. 
that is uh, never had happened before. And also, especially women. For example, we have the unions, peasant unions, that is organized the country in unions, all of them were by males. You go, many of the health promoters MAP is working with, now they are members of the peasant union now. And you can see women playing very crucial role, like secretary of the union. I don't know. The, the, this very important role, never a female before used that in the rural area. In the cities, it happened, but not in the, in the rural areas. And, and these are health promoters. And they can start having a world of play. They can sometimes uh, even to study passages to solve a local problem because they have learned to do Bible studies in a place, an environment that is not religious at all, in a very natural way, and people appreciate them. They appreciate them, and they even invite them, please, could you pray for this because the drawing is very serious. So they know that this health promoter, this female health promoter, uh, have a nice relationship with Jesus, with the God's word, and the people themselves ask for a prayer for something special. So we have been rapid changes in... In ten, I think it's rapid changes 10, 15 years because we have hundreds of years of abuses, mistreatment, and poverty and misery. A change in 15 years is we are very blessed to be able to see that. I'm talking about Bolivia, but I can talk also about other countries in Latin America, in, in Honduras, in Ecuador. We, our, we are working in La Paz, eh, Oruro, Norte Potosí, and Cochabamba. Our major, we have a network of 1,000 health promoters in Cochabamba. This is the largest work. We work with 300 communities with health promoters. Yes. Well, the worldview involves everything, including how we understand God and how we read the scriptures. Every time we approach the scripture, we assign meanings according with our pure experience, our needs, our fears, our hope, our dreams, our, our personal intimacy with Jesus, how it has been, that help us to assign meanings with everything we are reading. So the worldview includes uh, is my whole understanding of my existence, my reasons to be, where I'm going, where I'm coming from. Everybody has that. And it's very different from everybody. So it's so important to create these spaces to discuss questions like you did. When the community engages on that, but what world are you talking, yours or mine, outside or inside, that discussion is extremely healthy and beautiful because that creates a credible opportunity to share our the beauty of what God is doing through history and how we can engage to know that more closely than God. But when I use worldview, I refer to everything, all my way of understanding everything inside myself, outside myself. Any other question? Yes, please, Ravi. Just a recommendation for all those who are here at this session. Dr. Jose Miguel and his wife Stella have an exemplary project. If you ever get to go to Cochabamba, they have a setup in Chilimarca. That's an embodiment of what you, you, know, you can see uh, in practice, uh, including uh, running the entire program through teams, self-directed, self-empowered teams. That's an amazing project. Thank you. Yeah, you are very welcome. You will see. Uh, 
because uh, systems we talk by teams, so there are no people doing everything is by teams. Engaging in people in what we call self-agency, co-agency, everything is decided by consensus. Uh, the planning, monitoring, evaluation system is by consensus. It's very exciting, very energetic teams, and everybody loves to be part of the teams in the in the rural communities or also the urban marginal places that we are working with. Well, thank you very much for your presence. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you.